The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. I'm so happy to have you here. We have an exciting show for you today. Um, If you happen to have missed um, our show from last week, you can uh, do so at any time on demand by using the TuneIn app or by this station's uh, website. So you can just Google TuneIn forward slash Linda Gross or Google um, uh, the Google KMET 1490 forward slash Linda Gross and it will take you to my archived shows. Last week's show was How to Write a Killer Online Profile That Gets Chicks. Uh, we were on with my guest, Dr. Robert Garcia, who was a seven-time author and a professional life coach. It's a show that you won't want to miss. And we also had a tutorial on how to use um, how to use the Tinder app, and that was like a seven-minute tutorial. You can find that um, also on my Facebook fan page. Um, by the way, while we're talking about that, make sure if you haven't done so already to hit like page on my Facebook fan page and that's the same name as this show, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Why do you want to do that? You'll get all the, the links and who's, who the guests are and, and their credentials and what we're talking about, the links to a particular article or an audio or video or whatever I, I happen to be um, talking about on air. Also, more importantly, once a week you'll get my updates as to what's coming up on the future show. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest for today. Um, We're talking with uh, attorney Michael Brown. I want to welcome him to the show. He's my newest sponsor to the show and my special guest for today. We're going to be talking about mistakes that single men make that unseat your financial security and success. So these are these are items that guys unwittingly do, decisions that they unwittingly do that might have severe negative financial consequences, and we're going to bail you out of that hot water and talk about some of those issues today. Michael, welcome to our show. Thank you so much, Linda. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And thank you for being a sponsor. We, we love having you here. Um, and I hope we can make your business grow as well. Well, thank you. I think uh, your show offers a lot of excellent advice and uh, ideas and solutions for a lot of men. And so I'm very supportive of it. Thank you. All right. So, by the way, um, my listeners out there, if you want to help uh, support our show, you can do so in many ways. You can become a sponsor, just like Michael, and we have many different types of sponsorships that will fit any budget, or you can donate um, Donate to our show. That would be the mensadvocate.com forward slash donate. Um, you can share, you can tweet, you can subscribe to tune in, you can call in, and you can like our Facebook page. So lots of ways for you to participate. Go ahead and write this number down. This is our call-in number. So if you have questions for me or my guest, Michael Brown, the call-in number is 951-922. 3532. Again, that number is 
922-3532. If in the future you're not able to call, maybe it's during work or what have you, you're always welcome to give me um, an audio voice recording or even a video recording for that matter and upload it to my Facebook fan page and we'll be sure to get your question asked. All right, so... Let's get started. Um, Michael, why don't we say a few words to the audience about how we met? Okay, uh, I'd love to. We actually uh, had the opportunity to meet uh, through uh, another show, uh, The Poor Man Show. Yeah. And we were both sponsors there. And uh, I I still am a sponsor. And uh, uh, I do a small segment every Thursday on his show called Laws of the Absurd. And uh, he was very excited to hear that I was going to be on your show because he just really thought that uh, your whole format was uh, creative and new, and uh, he's just very supportive of you. Thank you. And he's been very, very supportive of me as well. For those of you who have been following me along for the last few months, he was the one who opened the door to to, uh, radio broadcasting. So I'm very grateful to him for that. Yes, and we actually met in person at one of uh, Poor Man's uh, events. Um, oh, yes. At, uh, at uh, I forget where it was in Costa Mesa, but uh, yeah, that uh, went very well, as a matter of fact. And it was nice to meet you and your husband. Definitely. Um, and one of the reasons why I wanted to meet you, in addition to being co-sponsors, is because I personally had a contract issue that I wanted you to review I had an employment contract, and I wanted to be sure that even though this boilerplate contract was, you know, circulated, I'm sure, hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of times before me, I wasn't going to leave it to chance that somebody, you know, crossed the T's and dotted the I's. I wanted to be sure that I got my rights protected. So one of the rights that I was, um, that I wanted to make sure was in that was in my contract but actually wasn't in the contract was something called intellectual property in other words week after week i am preparing for the show and i'm preparing original content in legal legalese that's called intellectual property but you might have intellectual property you my listeners might have it um, in the type of work that you do or your encounters that you have Anyway, at preparing for the show, I wanted to be sure that I had 100% control over the content that I was producing, that the station could not, um, you know, copy it or, or repurpose it or use it for some other event without my express written consent. What do you say to that, um, Michael? Please uh, let the listeners know how, how this type of clause might benefit them as well. Well, first of all, I, I thank you for your confidence in uh, allowing me to review your contract. Uh, I appreciated the opportunity to provide some service to you. And uh, this is one of the critical components of uh, any type of contract, especially for work for hire. Uh, when anybody goes to work for someone else, most companies have provisions in there that indicate that they will be required to assign over any ideas they come up with. Uh, to either improve or help the business. And depending on the nature of your relationship with the company, that may or may not be a good thing. Uh, if you're an independent contractor or consultant, whether it be IT or construction or any of a variety of occupations, uh, there are certain things that you learn on each job that you may take to the next job to help, hopefully, uh, do your uh, your job better and each subsequent uh, customer get the benefit of your knowledge. Well, if you happen to uh, sign a contract that uh, limits your ability to use any information that you have acquired while working for someone, that can significantly impact uh, your ability to improve your skills as well as your uh, services. Uh, You'll find this mostly uh, in situations where you may go to work or provide services to a company and then all of a sudden one of their competitors calls you and uh, when the company finds out you're working for the competitor they immediately are concerned that you are using either proprietary information or other intellectual property that you developed while working for them. 
So it's always very important to ensure that uh, the rights to any IP are clearly spelled out in any contract. Awesome. All right, you're currently on with the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We're on with my guest today, Attorney Michael Brown. We'll be right back with you in just a moment. We're going to talk about some people keep thinking that they can't afford an attorney. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Do you have a business or are you thinking about starting one? Do you have contracts, leases, and other documents that need legal review to ensure you are protected? If so, contact the law offices of Michael W. Brown for assistance. With over 20 years experience advising clients on business matters, they provide practical legal advice to help you succeed. Their goal is to give the right answer for you, not just the legal answer. Initial consultations are always free. Visit mwb-law.net or call 949 949- 636-8128 That's the law offices of Michael W. Brown 949-636-8128 Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back to our programming. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. On with my guest today, Michael Brown, Attorney Michael Brown. If you are listening to us at the 3 p.m. hour, coming at you live, um, that would be 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. We're on every Wednesday, 3 p.m. and 6, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay. We were talking a little bit um, with regard to, I think, a lot of people shy away from talking to an attorney because they feel like they can't afford an attorney. Um, what do you say to that, Michael? Well, um, you know, some attorneys are very expensive, um, and it depends really on the type of services you need. For most individuals, uh, consulting with a an attorney is generally free. In my own practice, all my uh, con- initial consultations are, are free. Uh, so you can talk to an attorney and get uh, some idea as to whether or not you have an issue to be concerned about. And if uh, you do, then you can talk about uh, what budget you have to address that particular issue. Uh, many of the things that I do, whether it's a review of a letter or review of a contract, uh, take less than an hour uh, to do. So we're not talking about 
hundreds and hundreds of dollars. We're talking, you know, sometimes a hundred, a hundred and fifty, which can be an, an awful lot of money to somebody, especially if they're going through uh, a, a legal issue. But when you think about what the cost is to you when you don't consult a lawyer and you have to then retain one to uh, defend you or to sue somebody, uh, you're talking maybe a couple of hundred dollars versus thousands of dollars. So it's the old adage, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Definitely. And if somebody really is on a tight budget and if if the procedure may run into the thousands, are there any sorts of payment plans or payment arrangements that the uh, client can make with you? Absolutely. Most, at, Like most attorneys, um, we work with our clients to ensure that uh, whatever the uh, payment plan is, it works within their budget. Uh, there is no... Um, benefit to basically draining a client for a particular uh, issue, uh, you obviously want to develop a relationship with the client that's going to go on forward in the uh, future. And you certainly want to be able to provide good service at a reasonable price so that hopefully in the future they'll use you again. So yes, sometimes uh, you postpone payment for three months. Sometimes you wait until after a matter is resolved. Um, I have a client that uh, basically I've been working for two years now, and the payment is conditioned on the sale of his business. So I've been waiting for two years, and it looks like it's actually going to be closing within the next three months. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, that's awesome. So just to recap, everybody, um, Michael's initial consultations are always free. And so please take advantage of that. And then I think at that point, Michael, you'll have a reasonable idea of how many hours of work or what the estimated bill will be to conclude their case. Is that correct? Yes, it will. I mean, the first most important aspect is to see whether or not I can even help the person. Um, I'm not uh, willing to accept a case that is outside of my area of expertise or that I don't believe that I can give value to. If I believe that the client is going to end up spending $2,000 to recover or uh, save $1,000, I'm certainly going to advise them that economically uh, that's not the best option for them. Absolutely. And if you want to um, reach Michael, I'll post all this information on my Facebook fan page as well as my website. But Michael's phone number is 949 936-8128. That's 949-636-8128. He also has a website, MWB, just like his initials, dash law.net. All right. So that's that's good to know all these things. So I was talking a couple of uh, weeks ago on my show. I had um, a single man who has a girlfriend, and he wanted to fix his heart. He wanted to have a garage just so he could, you know, piddle in there and fix his Harley, you know, on the weekends. He wanted to have a place to call his own and to have a garage. He needed a house, and that's why he bought a house. Okay, so far, so good. Unfortunately, what he ended up doing was buying a house with his girlfriend, And I know a lot of single guys are kind of delaying marriage or not getting married. married. And when you do get married, there are certain guidelines and laws that are are afforded to the couple, mainly called community property. And division of that property is pretty well laid out. In most states, it's probably 50-50, 50-50 division. But when you are not married and you start making these financial decisions, it could have a huge negative impact on your financial stability. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that, about this, uh, about one of my listeners that bought the house with the girlfriend, that what he didn't do is he didn't map out um, what happens if the following circumstance, following events occur. Those types of things should be mapped out. Hopefully, you'll never have to use those clauses, but they are clauses that are worthy of putting in a contract so everybody knows the score, 
everybody, when they're first buying a house, they're all in happy mode and they're all upbeat. So that's the best time to negotiate. To negotiate these negative events after they've already occurred is not going to be pretty and it's going to cost you a legal fortune to get yourself out of that hole. So, Michael, let's talk about this particular listener who bought a house with the girlfriend. What, what sorts of things should we, ha- should we be putting in a contract um, such as this? Well, anytime you do any type of business venture, whether it's purchasing a house or uh, suppose both of you want to lease a condo or lease an apartment, um, you basically are taking on a joint responsibility. And in the state of California, you have something called joint and several liability, which means that if one party defaults, uh, the other party is responsible for the entire amount. So one of the things that you want to look at when you are considering doing these type of partnerships is what to do if the other party defaults. Can you afford to handle whatever the payment is all by yourself? If not, then you need to discuss, well, what do we do? Do we have the ability to terminate the lease or do we want to sell the property? What happens if the property is upside down? Which, you know, years ago we never thought was possible. But I think in recent years we all know, guess what? Sometimes you buy something and it goes down in value. So there's also questions of liability, indemnification. If, for instance, uh, your girlfriend has a party, someone comes onto the property, slips and falls, and sues, guess what? As a homeowner, since your name is on the title, you will be sued as well. Do you have coverage for that? Can you get indemnification from your girlfriend or her insurance company? Uh, There are a lot of issues to be considered whenever you go into some sort of joint arrangement. Will you um, define the word indemnification? Maybe some people don't know what that means. Uh, Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, Indemnification means when one party basically takes responsibility for some other liability that somebody else may have. For instance, if I were to uh, be driving your car, Linda, and I got into an accident, they would sue both of us, you because you own it, me because I was driving it. It would be my responsibility since I got into the accident to indemnify you for any of your out-of-pocket expenses. So if you incurred attorney's fees or if there was a judgment against you for some reason, then I would be required to pay that on your behalf. So indemnification when it comes to a house or or it comes to a lease, for example, when and with whom should you prepare such a, a document or such a clause? Is that with the, the insurance company or do you prepare that with your attorney? Well, the indemnification provision is generally between the two parties either purchasing the house or leasing the apartment. Uh, and that can be within the, the actual lease or purchase agreement or it can be in a side or separate agreement. Uh, I normally would recommend that you do consult an attorney to prepare it just to make sure that you use the proper words. Uh, Many times, and this happens in a lot of business contracts, if you choose the wrong indemnification, you can actually increase your liability way beyond your own mistakes and be responsible to indemnify someone else for anything and everything that goes wrong. So it's not something you can search the internet for and just download some language and say, please sign this. Gotcha. All right. And I wanted to touch upon um, the property being upside down. Um, Also, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to another talk show host, and the caller at the time was also a single man, bought the property with his girlfriend, and he just, he wanted to break up with the girlfriend. He no longer physically wanted to live with her. And his assumption was since the property is upside down, meaning that the property has less value than what the mortgage um, is on the, ha- on the home, he thought he could just walk away. But that absolutely is not the case, um, meaning that the person who is left behind 
she would have to come up with the full amount of mortgage on her own. So there are a lot of issues that that rose for me. And and the reason why he can't just walk away is because if she, for some reason, doesn't uh, pay the mortgage payment, it's his credit that's going to be wrecked. Actually, both credits. But his credit will also be wrecked because they applied for the loan jointly. So just like Michael was saying earlier, the word severally means that you are individually responsible and both of you are responsible as a couple. So if one one of the couple flakes, guess what? It's going to be a negative mark on your credit and it will severely impact your buying power in the future. So the next time you go to buy a home or a car or a major purchase, you're going to have this horrible credit on your record because the house that you walked away from, she couldn't afford it on her own. So anyway, so uh, she defaulted, didn't send in the mortgage payment, and now it affected your credit. So things like this are very important factors to review, and someone like Michael could review them and map out what some of these scenarios are so you're not stuck in this financial hot water. All right, um, if you've just joined us, Pay attention to our call-in number. We'd love to take your calls, 951-922-3532, 951-922-3532. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about how not to get into hot financial hot water. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and, if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. Happy to have you join us. We're on with our special guest today, uh, Attorney Michael Brown, and we're talking about all the different ways and mistakes that single men make that will unseat your financial stability. And we were talking about buying a house together with your girlfriend. Is this really a smart idea? Maybe you should buy, buy a house with a male friend instead of a girlfriend. Um, is, is there any difference? Should you protect yourself, even though it might be a male friend that you're buying the house with? I think uh, probably you should talk to Michael in either of those situations because the same sorts of uh, the same sort of liability can take place with regard to either sex. What do you think, Michael? 
Uh, I agree. Uh, you know, the thing is, is that a lot of times people assume they know the law, which, you know, most of us know a lot of the big laws. But, for instance, merely not uh, putting someone's name on title does not necessarily mean that they can't later come and try and make a claim against uh, a portion of the property. If a man or a woman were to say, hey, listen, honey, I'm going to buy a house. Let's buy it together. But for tax reasons or should anything happen, I want to make sure that we don't have a problem. So I'm only going to put it in my name. Now, if they're both making 50-50 payments um, at the end of three years and it goes up 100000 and in value and suppose the person says, uh, I want to break up, leave, goodbye, this is my house, uh, you can guarantee that the other person will make a claim to the equity interest in that house even though their name may not be on the title. That's right. And for parties where their name is on the title, even then you could have trouble arising. And I cannot tell you how many people over the years where the children um, are bequeathed the house. They're deeded the house upon the death of their parents, right? So they might have three siblings. You know, the parents died now, and the house is in uh, one-third title among the three siblings, Holy cow, is there so much infighting. Um, I think, you know, when you are aware of that situation, immediately being aware of it, again, that's a good reason to give Michael a call because all number of things could go happen. You might not agree on what the repairs should be um, to fix up the house. You might not agree on the sales price. You might not agree on what realtor to choose with regard to selling the property or the division of the equity. Oh, my God, there's so many um, areas of conflict that potentially arise with somebody who's your sibling. They're your blood relative. Tell us a little bit about that, Michael. Should someone be seeing you, um, you know, when they're, when they're inheriting a property? Well, any time that they uh, acquire property that they're concerned about protecting their interests, they should consult with a lawyer just to make sure that they're taking title properly and that all the necessary steps are taken to ensure that title vests only in them and they're protected from claims from other people. Uh, I've done small little partnership agreements for people who jointly own boats, cabins, um, cars. Uh, jet skis, other things like that, that you don't necessarily think would cause a problem. But you would be very surprised that the best of friends, uh, siblings for you know all their lives, when it comes down to uh, those type of uh, disputes, uh, it can really impact uh, a relationship for the rest of their lives. And if they have set it out on paper in advance, it saves a lot of anguish and concern because everybody knows exactly what's going to happen should they decide to go their separate ways. And many times people will do things like put their property in trust, but they'll never create a trust document. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. and Or they'll say, well, I've decided to do it as tenant in commons, and, and yet uh, I know when I die it'll just go to this person or that person. Well, that's not always the case. How you take title, uh, what happens when you sell, what happens if you pass away and you give it to your children, how does that affect how it's held, all those things uh, come into play very much so. So if you are acquiring property, whether it be real property or personal property, and you need to ensure that you, know, you protect not only your interests but those who you want to have the property, it's very important to seek appropriate legal advice. And there are many, many ways to hold title. Isn't that right? Isn't there maybe four different ways to hold title? There are primarily four different ways, but there are multiples. There are life estates, remainders, trusts, joint ventures. Uh, there can be, um, you know, uh, joint tenants, tenants in common, married as husband and wife. And they all have different legal implications. So depending on where you want to go with your property will depend on what is the proper way to uh, get title. 
And it will also dictate how somebody else may be able to exit. For instance, if you have a joint venture arrangement and somebody sells, it immediately converts it to a tenant in common, which means there's no longer a right of survivorship. So if you and your brother own a piece of property as joint tenants and he sells it to your sister, it's no longer with a right of survivorship. It's now tenants in common. This is a very, title is a very, very important issue with regard to owning a business or owning a real estate. And please do not rely on a realtor's advice in this area or an escrow officer's advice in this area. They mean well, but they are certainly not an attorney. And a few minute phone call with an attorney really is going to save you possibly tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars down the line. Make that call and call an attorney and get it done right and have the peace of mind that you've, you know, investigated this and you're properly handling this because not only does it, not only does the title affect how you hold the property, but it could also have tax ramifications on how you hold the property. So you might get in trouble with the IRS as well. So make that call. It's so important. Don't leave it to somebody who's a non-professional with regard to advising you. I've seen this happen at the closing table so many times where they're just asking, you know, the escrow officer's assistant, for goodness sake, and, you know, what do they know? You know, they're just going to do what they commonly see on most documents, but that that doesn't mean that that applies to your specific situation. Yes, it's very important that they get the right answer for their situation, which, you know, will always depend on their facts and what their intent is and what their desire is. Right. So how does what, let's say you have um, the boyfriend and the girlfriend, they bought their property together and one party wants to leave. Maybe they want to leave voluntarily because they're leaving the relationship or maybe they get a job transfer. They have to leave. They have to go out of state because of the job transfer. How do you, you know, dissect this to where it's equitable to both parties? Well, hopefully if you've, um, thought about it before you purchase a property, you'll have a partnership agreement. It can be a one-page, half-page. It can be 20 pages. But a partnership agreement that just basically discuss this is how we're going to handle our joint ownership of the property. This is what we're going to do when it comes time to need repairs or maintenance. And this is what's going to happen should one of us wish to leave the property. And hopefully at that time, you've already discussed if they want to move out, but yet retain their interest, meaning they'll probably still need to pay their portion of the mortgage and maintenance fees, or if they want to move out and sell their interest, you would want to make sure that they give you the right of first refusal so that you could buy it out instead of them selling it to some third party that you don't even know. And uh, you ended up uh, with a joint ownership with someone you may not get along with. Right. <clears throat> and by the way, selling it to a third party, um, you know, most most of the properties do have a mortgage against the property. The property is the security instrument um, that backs up the mortgage. So that might not sit well with the lender. So just because party one sells it to party two, or I should say party three, um, that might not fit well with the lender. You might have to have approval um, that that transaction takes place because they might have approved, um, you know, the boyfriend and the girlfriend based on their creditworthiness, their savings, and uh, and so forth, and their income ability. And party number three, you know, the lender might say, no, we don't like this person's, you know, credit. We don't we don't want to put our uh, house in jeopardy like that. Yes, there are a lot of terms and conditions in mortgages. Uh, sometimes if there's a transfer of title, it will accelerate the payment, which means that uh, the mortgage that you now thought you had 30 years to pay off becomes immediately due and owing within 30 days because of the transfer of title. Other times the person may take uh, title, but they'll take it subject to uh, the mortgage lender's interest. So there are a variety of uh, triggers that will come into play should there be a change in title. 
and all those should be covered uh, before you purchase a house so everybody is very clear and knows exactly what to expect. Right. And for my listeners, let me define the word accelerate. Accelerate means that you do something on your own without the lend- uh, outside of the lender's guidelines, and they don't like that. The lender doesn't like that and will ask that the loan be paid off in full to get them out of it because you're breaking the lender's terms and conditions. So, you know, a lot of these uh, things, a lot of these decisions, people think, oh, you know, I can do this, I can do that. But, you know, they don't realize that there are all kinds of laws and rules in, in, in place with regard to owning a business or owning real estate that you might not be aware of. And that's a good reason to call Michael. Find out for sure without getting yourself into more financial trouble. All right. Call us uh, after the break, 951-922-3532. That's 951-922-3532. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about intellectual property and how that affects you. guys want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less linda gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men tackle relationship issues business goals conflict resolution and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back realize the benefits now go to the men's advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way that's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. You've heard her on The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. The law offices of Michael W. Brown gives the right answer for you, not just the legal answer. Initial consultations are always free. Save this number now, 949-636-8128. That's the law offices of Michael W. Brown, 949-636-8128. Thanks for tuning in to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. You've joined the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. You're on with a special guest today, which is attorney Michael Brown. We're talking about um, decisions that single men make that sometimes will unseat your financial stability. So we don't want you in that situation. We want you to be smart about your financial decisions. All right. Let's get back to it. Oh, before I forget... Um, I know there. I I coach a lot of men with regard to to business. Um, I myself have started three businesses, and I would like to help you get there too. So if you have a really great idea and you don't know how to get from point A to point C, I do life coaching, and you can find me um, on my website. That's themensadvocate.com forward slash coaching. Themensadvocate.com forward slash coaching. I'll teach you uh, the steps in order to get there, and we'll work hand-in-hand with Michael, and he'll teach, and he'll um, apprise you of the legal decisions that you need to uh, make in order to make a sound decision to move forward on this. All right, so for this month only, if you want to take advantage of my life coaching, I'm offering a two-for-one special through uh, October 31st, and you can have two sessions for the price of one. So take advantage of it. I'd love to help you. 
All right. So we're talking um, to Michael Brown, who is our who is my newest sponsor of the Men's Advocate Show, and I wanted to talk a little bit about. IP and how uh, that might affect uh, legal decisions. We were talking at the top of the hour. IP means intellectual property. Um, maybe, maybe uh, like like the former minutes uh, of the show, we were talking about housing and leasing. Um, let's talk a little bit, Michael, to the audience with regard to if they have a, a book project or a script or an invention or other categories that might fall under under this uh, intellectual property area. Okay, uh, be happy to. Um, many times people will work on projects, and generally when uh, a couple is married, uh, it's considered to be community property because it was developed during the time of marriage. However, a lot of times when parties are not yet married, uh, they may be working on a book or a script or an invention or a song or getting a career started, and they just ne- uh, naturally assume that whatever they develop, create, uh, is 100% theirs. Well, that generally is the case, but not always, uh, especially when you live with someone uh, who might be able to claim that they have contributed to that invention, book, script, uh, whatever. They can say they were used as a sounding board. They can say that uh, you know, they provided this input or that input. If you, for instance, start your own business and they're working for you, they may even claim that they had the idea for the business. So there are a lot of areas in which your creativity and the ideas that you come up with could be subject to a claim by the other party um, should things go south in the relationship. And and what would be the vehicle for the listener to protect themselves against such such an issue? Things of that nature generally handled by a disclaimer or a release. Uh, you know, I help a lot of people start their businesses, and many times I'll have what's known as a spousal waiver or a spousal release or a third-party release in the case where they may not be married, and they'll just disclaim any and all rights or interests into uh, the person's work, the person's creations, whether it be music or an invention or a book. Uh, if they're going to be around, if they're going to be hearing it, about it, if they're going to be used as a sounding board, it would make it a very wise decision to have something like that in place just to be certain. And as I I know with most relationships, everyone goes in with the best of intentions. They don't anticipate uh, a rocky road or an ugly end, Um, but it does happen. And when you have created something, especially something that is successful, you want to make sure you protect that. Awesome. I I can think of an example. Uh, One of my high school friends, his uh, dad wrote this song. It was actually a country song. And it languished for years and years, I think maybe even a decade on the shelf. And he tried to pitch it to, you know, all the different labels and what have you. And no one was, no one was hearing it. They weren't buying it. And so finally, a new producer came into the scene and he says, okay, I'll, I'll buy your song outright. And the new person ended up changing the title of the song. The, the song itself 100% stayed intact. Like there was no other changes to the melody or the lyrics or anything else. All this new person did was to change the title. Guess what? That song went on to uh, sell millions upon millions of copies. So that's where I think, you know, if you're in a situation like this, you would want to consult an attorney because by doing so, you know, he protected the the new producer protected himself in such a way that he owned a hundred percent of this intellectual property of this song now, so he could do with it whatever he wanted to do with it. But in some situations, you might have a partnership where one person is the lyricist, the other person is the uh, songwriter, and they collaborate. And maybe one person did change the title of the song, and that change changes the whole outcome of 
of its sales. So it can be a very sticky situation um, if you're working in collaboration rather than being able to outright purchase the song like like my high school friend did. So, yeah. That is correct. And uh, I think one of the interesting aspects is, too, is, is that you may be very creative. You may come up with a great idea. And what happens if your partner, after you have gone your separate ways, takes that idea and modifies it or uh, leapfrogs to a better idea uh, and then publishes that? Right. What about your claims to say, hey, you have basically taken my idea and made money off of it without my permission? Right. It's, it's a very sticky situation. It's, it's something that should be thought out, especially if you're the one with the good idea and you don't have the money to buy out your partner outright. Maybe you're you know, going to base it on whatever the sales are of that project. So if you're contributing 90% and the other one's contributing 10%, you know, once again, it's, it's a good time to call an attorney and figure this stuff out before you make the change, before you make these adjustments. While everybody's still on, the, on, a, on a good note, on the same page, that's when you want to do these things, not after the fact. After the fact is always much more costly and very seldom do you get a clean break on things. It generally gets uh, adversarial, which means attorneys are brought in and neither party generally wins. If you're able to negotiate and discuss it up front, everybody can just agree to how it should happen and follow that roadmap at the time. Absolutely. So those of us um, who are listening in the state of California, Michael's license is in the state of California. Michael, do you have other states that you're also administered to? Uh, no. I, uh, I limit my practice to uh, California. I do provide uh, advice to businesses that may be based outside of California but that do business in California. So I have clients in Pennsylvania etc., but they call me up with regards to doing business in the state of California. I actually have some businesses here that do business in China uh-huh. as well. That sounds really good. So if you know my listeners are across the United States, if I did have somebody who called, say, from New Jersey, would you be able to answer a question, or how would that work? Because you're not, you're not practicing in the state of New Jersey. Right. Well, I can generally give advice as to general legal principles, um, but I would always qualify it with that uh, you need to consult with a local attorney. And I have a very strong network of attorneys throughout the United States that we all use each other when it comes down to a state local issue. Oh, good. So you have a referral service with regard to attorneys who are out of state. And also, as you were mentioning earlier, um, you'd like to take the call just to see if it's in your area of expertise. For example, the person might be calling on family law, which might not be your area, but you've got referrals uh, in place for that. Is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. Okay, so you're um, talking to my special guest, attorney Michael Brown. He is my newest sponsor. Please check him out. Check out his website and call him up. Save the phone number. We'll see you next week, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Thank you so much. 